Hello, welcome to Give You Connect Plus, a podcast series where we talk to local charities in the UK and put the spotlight on their exciting projects and initiatives. I'm your new host, Ruby Ealing, and today's guest is Marianne Green, CEO of Footsteps Counselling and Care. Footsteps Counselling and Care was founded in 2012 by a group of people who noticed from their own experience that there was a lack of support available to those struggling with traumas relating to pregnancy and fertility issues. The charity is now dedicated to offer counselling and care to anyone affected by these issues by providing a number of services such as one-to-one or couples counselling and local-run counsellor-led Peer support groups. Welcome, Marianne, and thank you for joining us today in this episode of Gibby Connect. Can I please ask you to start off by introducing yourself and the work that you do and how Footsteps started? Thanks. Thanks very much for having me. I'm Marianne Green and I'm the Chief Executive of Footsteps Counselling and Care and I've been there for the last two years. Footsteps is actually celebrating its 10th anniversary this year so it began in 2012 when a group of the the trustees, a couple of people who started the charity is still with us which is lovely and they got together to form a charity to provide support to families who were either about to have a baby or had lost a baby or needed some space to explore whether and how they could keep a pregnancy that they were they were having. So in its 10th year now we are really proud of the work that we do especially our counselling offer and our peer groups and website support. Brilliant, thank you. And could you tell us a bit about the services you provide? Yeah, absolutely. So our key service was and still is counselling. So we have qualified, BACP qualified, and a couple of student counsellors. And they provide counselling either to individuals or couples over a 12-week period and so typically our clients are people today who've been struggling with perhaps infertility and coming to the realisation that maybe their lives aren't going to include families that they thought they might or people who are exploring abortion. They might include clients who have had experienced baby loss. Um, but it's also quite common for people um, to come to see us who are pregnant at the moment and maybe had a baby loss in the past and are wondering how things go this time around. And we also speak to clients who've got mild to moderate mental health issues either during their pregnancy or afterwards because as you can imagine it can be a hugely overwhelming time both for mums and dads. So counselling is really key. We offer that, used to be exclusively in person, but since the pandemic, we also offer that um, over Zoom. 
we ask our clients for donations, but we don't let, if someone can't donate, that we don't let that stand in the way. So we make sure that we're there for anyone who needs us. And then last year, uh, around September time, we started introducing peer group work. So the idea is that we have a short course where up to eight people say, meet um, once a month and we'll do a little bit of education. That They're probably themed groups. People attending might have experienced similar things, like might have experienced a miscarriage, for instance. And those groups have a little element of psychoeducation, some elements of how you can take care of yourself, some grounding exercises. But more than anything else, they just show people they're not alone and that their experience was unique. Other people's experiences were their own. But you don't have to hide in the shadows anymore. If you've experienced a miscarriage, it's not really something you can take to dinner or it might not be something you want to chat about with your friends. So to be with some people who've had similar experiences can be really valuable just because it's you're not isolated anymore. And the last thing that we were working on, particularly last year, is to just expand the range of services that we can signpost to on our website. So there might be people who aren't ready for counselling or don't need counselling, but our website can provide a really good directory of places to go. Um, depending on your particular experience. Oh, well, obviously you're you're filling a lot of gaps that I think the NHS doesn't provide, which is so important. And there are so many aspects of fertility that mm. go into mental health. And there's so many things that can go wrong and issues and problems with couples as well, which is really important stuff you're, uh, you're doing. And obviously you mentioned the pandemic and... Um, how you were impacted by that and obviously loads of people affected by these issues were probably impacted could you tell us a bit about Mm. how you overcame some of these challenges that the pandemic brought about for your charity so I think the first and most obvious challenge back at the beginning of 2020 and of course I'm speaking a little bit back when I was just pre my role at the charity but I was nearby at the time and the first thing the charity faced was that it had always done counselling face-to-face. So in a room, two or three people, you know, depending on whether it's an individual or a client. And face-to-face work can be really important with counselling. Um, it's important to understand the way people feel. And that would have been the plan, I think, for a long time after that. But of course, lockdown came. So March 2020 happened and face-to-face counselling at that point wasn't an option. So our trustees and the volunteer counsellors did a really brave thing and they thought, okay, we don't want to not offer a service, particularly during this really tricky time. People are still pregnant. They might still have experienced a loss or they might need a space. So let's try out Zoom. So we're really pleased about that. And similarly, our charity shop, which exists at Westgate Street in Gloucester City, also had to close we were faced with okay well do we not do anything or is there something else we can do and so that's when we began our online charity shop on ebay i think we'd sold a few bits before but it became a really good habit for us and in fact both those things zoom counseling and the ebay charity shop have become so good to us you know so important to us that even now we are back to -to face-to-face counseling 
And we're keeping both options. Uh, Zoom counselling can be really useful if transport's a bit compromised or if you're on the other side of the county to us. Particularly in Gloucestershire, there's a, there's a lot of difference between Gloucester City and the Forest of Dean and not terribly good public transport links. So if your broadband will let you, why not do counselling over Zoom or over the telephone? So we're able to expand and be different things to different people depending on what they need. Yeah, brilliant. I think definitely the pandemic has taught us that there are more things available such as counselling online and we don't have to do everything face-to-face. I mean, of course, face-to-face is the best, but you can definitely bridge borders with Zoom and online and everything. Yeah, so you mentioned the online shop. Could you tell us a bit more about that, what you sell? Yeah. And also, do you do you have a physical shop as well? Yeah, Am I... we do. Yep. We do. So on the ground floor of our offices, so on Westgate Street, Gloucester City, I'll say that again if anyone's walking by, it's Westgate Street, Gloucester City, um, we have our charity shop. And in there you'll find Carolyn, Joe, and a range of our fantastic volunteers. And what we do on our eBay shop is a little version of that. So every week, Carolyn will dig out somewhere between 15 and 25 tidbits, um, pop them up on eBay. And she's supported by one of our volunteers, Sam, who'll help us take the pictures and get things listed. And it lets us just reach more people. So from time to time, you might also use Facebook Marketplace. Um, If we've got a large or unusual item, again, to reach more people than might just be walking by. And what's really nice is we've started to develop a bit of a community on our eBay shop. I know Carolyn's got a couple of her regulars, just like we have our regulars in the shop. So it's really lovely. So we keep some really good things to have in the shop so that people who are walking by can still sniff out those bargains and then we keep a few things maybe they're a bit more unusual or they might not have a place in the shop those will go on ebay so fun fun to balance and lots of learning so um is it things that people have donated or also yes that's a really good point so it's 100 percent donations now most of them are your typical donations so men's clothes ladies clothes Whenever we've Marie Kondoed our wardrobes, we're so grateful for people bringing um, a bag of clothes to us or if they cleared out the kitchen, bringing us some bric-a-brac. But we do also have a small group of volunteers who are like amazing knitters and crafty people. So they'll magic up some goods for us as well, for us to sell. So couldn't be more grateful for macrame pot holders and really cool little crocheted items that we can pop in the window and bring in even more customers that's brilliant so that's um one way that people can get involved yeah is there um any other ways people can get involved i know you mentioned your volunteers and also um trainee counselors yeah definitely so i imagine your guests say it week after week but we really truly couldn't exist without our volunteers so if i sort of think about the organisational structure for a second. The first place we always need volunteers is in our trustee team. So we have six trustees at the moment 
and they are a group of people, some of whom have lived experience of our issues, some of whom have different employment backgrounds. And so if I think about it, we have a marketer, we have someone who works in retail, and they bring a real blend of skills so that they can help to design what Footsteps does next and challenge me, make sure that what I'm doing, we're doing as an organisation is the right thing. So couldn't be more grateful. And we always need new trustees, in particular, if anyone's from an HR or an IT background, particularly hard to find for us. So quick shout out for that. Then we need counsellors, either qualified counsellors. It could be particularly good if any counsellors are looking to boost their hours. We do take UK-based qualified counsellors, and they can be based anywhere in the country if they're willing to do Zoom volunteering for us. And we also um, will take on two to four student counsellors a year as well for a placement. Then beyond that, we need volunteers to do all kinds of things. So at the moment, we're looking for volunteer community ambassadors. And what that means is we're looking for people to take Footsteps' name and brand out into the community to make sure that those people who need us know we exist. We can't take that for granted. We need them to also go and speak to small businesses or maybe individual donators who can help us to fund the work we do. Then finally, we always need volunteers to do odd jobs. So that might be as a handy person. I already gave the example of the person helping us get more things onto eBay, administrators, people helping us out with paperwork, and volunteer cleaners, all really, really valuable to help us keep the ship running. So what I would say to anyone who's thinking about volunteering is just think about what you enjoy and what your skills are. And I can guarantee that we or a charity near you will be able to put you to good use. And it's really valuable if you're able to give a small amount of time, say every week, that can be particularly valuable because the charity can kind of build around you and make the most use of your skills. So yeah, go and have a look at um, places like the Do It website, look at your local charity on Google. Certainly, we'd love you to help. If anyone's interested in Footsteps, our website's probably the first place where you can find our office at Footsteps CNC email address um, and a little form to fill in and we'll um, snap you up. I'll put your website in the episode description. Perfect, thanks. Brilliant. So you mentioned some of the challenges you came across in the pandemic, but I was thinking, is there any other challenges that you personally have come across and kind of the lessons that you've learnt and maybe some words of advice from these lessons and challenges uh, that you can maybe pass on to other people in the charity sector? Yeah, now I'm not sure I'm bold enough to offer advice, but if any of this is useful, people can take it. I think the first challenge that I think almost every charity is experiencing at the moment is recruitment, both of employed positions and volunteers. So, for instance, we were looking to recruit recently and it's very hard to find the right people. So, recruitment, the pandemic's been really hard on people. I state the obvious there, sorry. But... I think what we're finding is that as we come out of the pandemic, people need a little rest, a little bit of restoration. 
So a few of the volunteers who did an amazing job and worked with us all through the pandemic, all through those really tough times, are now wanting rightly to take a little break. So we need a few more people to come in and fill those gaps. So challenge one, I would say recruitment and retention. Challenge number two is fundraising. And again, I don't think I'm saying anything new in the charity sector. We found so many businesses and grant making organisations were incredibly generous. And of course, the government was there in the middle of the pandemic when we needed them too. So strangely, the last couple of years haven't been too bad from a money point of view. But as we come out and we recover, that changes again. So, but that will continue to be a challenge. We, what would I say to do about it? What advice, in inverted commas, could I offer? I think first and foremost, make sure you've got a good, broad trustee team and a good, broad team around you, both in terms of staff and volunteers. And then do everything you can to listen to them. We've just recently run a volunteer survey, for instance, to find out whatever we can. Our trustee team is really good on giving feedback, both to the organisation and to each other, so that we can learn from that. So you want the broadest team you've got, most experience. You want people who have lived and understand inside out the issues your charity deals with and people who are bringing different skills from like the private and public sector. And also the other thing that I think is really valuable in our sector is there are organisations out there who are designed to help charities. So if people aren't already doing it, I'd highly recommend talking to people like the Cranfield Trust, NCBO, and those organisations provide lots of free consultancy, training, support, so that charities can get the most out of whatever it is they're trying to do. I think it's really important to focus on where you're different and on your services. And then what you don't want to do is spend time reinventing the wheel. If, for instance, there's really good guidance on HR out there, or which there is, or really good guidance on how to claim gift aid donations, then go and get it. Don't spend your time on that. Yeah, exactly. It's just... It's just finding out what what you don't know, putting that to use, and also yes. finding the the most diverse groups so you can get all the different opinions and life experience that kind of reflects the people yeah. that you're supporting. Yeah, no, that's right, and they, of course, are the most important people to listen to. Is the clients themselves? So we get really good feedback from our clients and when I say really good feedback fortunately most people are complimentary very complimentary about what we do but they also we make a point of capturing feedback in a survey from everyone who leaves us so that we understand what's working for them and what could be better and we reach out on social media really often we're on social media five six times a day on different platforms looking to our clients for answers to questions like what should we do next we've got this idea or the nhs has got this idea what do you think and looking for feedback and engagement from them we recently when we were designing our peer groups we looked out to our clients via social media to see what do you need like what do you want to see from these peer groups and built from there 
Talking about what you're doing next, are there any goals or projects that are coming about for Footsteps that you'd like to talk about? Yes, so our first project, as we moved, and I don't know if this is connected to the pandemic giving us a bit of breathing space or if it's a coincidence, but as we moved into this year, we saw the number of people reaching out to Footsteps for help and therefore our waiting lists really jump back up again. So job number one is get to those people that need us as quickly as we can. So we're looking for ways that we can increase the number of people who are offering counselling, the hours that we're able to offer counselling over, looking to reach those people as quickly as we can. Once our waiting list and once we've taken care of those people who need us, the kind of medium to longer term is to look to reach more people in different ways. So that I would like to think includes doing things like offering uh, peer listeners. So rather than only offering a trained counselling service, maybe we could train some volunteers or some of our clients who've been through counselling and want to give something back into being a kind of trained listener and asking those deep questions, giving more people the opportunity to share more people the opportunity to understand what they're going through, not feel alone, not feel so isolated. So that's a way we want to offer a bit of a different service. And we'd also like to be able to offer the service beyond the county. So at the moment, we restrict our services to Gloucestershire, but we'd love to grow into other counties because it's so hard when someone reaches out to us and we say, oh, right now we're not able to take care of you. And with options for us like Zoom and the telephone, maybe we can change that, have a few more counselling rooms in a few different counties and be there for more people when they need us. So that's probably the two to three year plan. Oh, brilliant. That's that's kind of a theme that's come up recently in the Givy community. And it's a word that we've kind of made up called um, kindfulness. So as people are receiving services from different charities it's a kind of mindfulness where you're thinking oh this service that I'm getting in return I'm sure there's things I've learned from this experience where Mm -hmm. I can give back so it's obviously every charity needs donations Mm -hmm. but also it's feeding into this ethos of giving and receiving in a mindful way and not a kind of transactional way so it's yeah we've done this thing for you so you can do this thing for us and and it will kind of help you along the way because you know helping others um is a thing that's quite cathartic yeah. and obviously people have been through the same situations yeah no agreed and we see that with our clients for instance we have a really amazing group of former clients who stay with us on social media, support each other, might raise money for us. And I agree with you. I think a part of good mental health is about looking around and looking at what you can give people. And we see that in our community in droves. Really happy to be part of it. Yeah, it's brilliant. Very fulfilling work. (laughs) Um, And just going a little bit deeper into the origin stories of Footsteps, do you know the the story of how the team came together and kind of came up with the idea of starting Footsteps? Yeah, so it was a small group of women 
Um, I don't think I'm doing any men a disservice there, but if I did miss someone, I, I apologise. And it was in 2011, 2012, and they were experienced counsellors. They were working, I think, at least in a couple of cases, with a, another charity at the time. And what they weren't seeing was they weren't seeing enough space for those people who were being counselled to listen and make their own decisions. So they were still seeing women being directed. I think it was more women clients than men. Being directed. So women whose families around them were saying, oh, you can't have this baby. Or women whose husbands might be saying, oh, you can't have this baby, we can't, can't do this. Or women who had experienced baby loss were just being told, it's part of life, just carry on. And so it really touched the trustees and they were determined to create this really safe agnostic space where everyone who needed it had the room to decide or, or to acknowledge a loss. And so they set up Footsteps and Footsteps Counselling and Care is called that because as well as the counselling, which we still do today, where women had chosen to carry on with the pregnancy and have a baby but maybe needed some bits to support them in the early days then footsteps counselling and care was there to provide kind of care packages as well so maybe some baby clothes when they were needed or maybe a bit of um, parental support when that was needed so more recently we haven't been able to do quite as much of that particularly in the pandemic when face-to-face was a problem but I think that's the part we'd like to bring back as we go into whatever this new normal is. So one of the founders, Catherine Goatley, is still with Footsteps, uh, one of our most experienced counsellors and also a really lovely lady to boot. Um, so it's nice that um, continued with us and can see where we are today. Oh, brilliant. That's a really touching um, origin story. Yeah, that's brilliant. Mm-hmm. And I think the last question is, do you specifically or does the company have a specific motto, quote or concept that keeps your, you going in your work and reminds you why you do what you do? Oh, that's a great question. Thank you for asking. Footsteps, it would be about care and about making sure that everyone um, who needs it has access to the support they need. For me personally, I've always liked this too will pass, uh, which I think is a Buddhist philosophy. And I like it because when things get a bit dark and a bit gloomy, it's a good reminder that it won't always be this way. Uh, There's a bit of a light at the end of the tunnel in it for me, so a way forward. And when things are going really, really well, It's also a reminder to notice and just really enjoy kind of what's going on around. Um, So that would be mine. That's brilliant. That's also a philosophy that (laughs) I keep playing in my head when I'm going through sometimes that I need reminding that it will pass and it's just a moment in time. Yeah. Yeah. It does kind of lead into your your charity because it's it's a moment in time that your clients are having at that point in time but it is a time that will pass yeah 
but we just have to accept that it's it's going on and the realities of the situation which a lot of people try to avoid which is the gap that you are filling which is amazing (laughs) and thank you so much for joining us it's been brilliant and you're welcome it's been lovely to meet you yeah it's been lovely to meet you too and a very brilliant first episode for me so thank you so much you're welcome and um yeah i'll um i'll let you know when the podcast comes out perfect thanks so much